0: yeah thank you for the second conversation i would love to today connect to what we what we kind of touched last time but where we didn't really dive in yet which for me has to do with the questions like managing talents mismanaging talents what what does that mean and how can that look practically and i also Want to really then, based on that, dive into what does strength coaching do? Because I imagine strength coaching is a lot about number one, knowing what are my talents, what are my what are my strengths, but more than that, actually, how can I manage them? Mm -hmm. And really, kind of getting a taste for how strength coaching looks at coaching. That's kind of the frame I have for today. Okay, Um, I would love to start with the first question, which is. Maybe just going in. So we have talents, which means we have an energy and a need. And how can we mismanage that energy, that need?
1: Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So um, this is this is probably one of the most important aspects of a strength-based understanding and a strength-based or talent-based development is the management of it. Um, And talents as energy or need or what we said previously, the recurring pattern of how you think, feel and behave. It's not only that they can be managed or or mismanaged, it's that they should be managed um, all the time. Um, and and with, with manage, I mean controlled, aware of it, <clears throat> steer it in a direction. Uh, there's, there's different ways to look at, at what we mean with, with practical management. So, so let's unpack this a bit. So um, if you are not in control of your talents, your talents will control you it's the same with any type of energy force that you have. If you take, if you take the basic energy of heat and fire, if you don't control fire, the danger is the fire will control you. Um, And, and that's also from, from a human perspective, a big difference that we see with, with things like maturity, emotional intelligence, social intelligence, growing up. For me, one of many, but one of the characteristics of differences between a teenager or a young adult and an adult or someone who's more mature, is that when you're young, you, from a strength-based perspective, you don't manage your talents well, therefore your talents manage you. So your thinking is haywire in in all directions that your talents want to go to overplaying, your emotions are overplaying, and your behaviour are often overplaying. (laughs) Um, And as we become aware of the environment around us, other people and ourselves, as we become self aware, we realise that Um, we need to alter our thinking within a context. We need to alter and control our emotions and what we do in a specific set of circumstances. So I use the following phrase, a well-managed talent becomes a strength, a mismanaged talent becomes a detriment. So, if you read the popular press or listen to to people talk about strengths overall, they would sometimes refer to something as the following and say, be careful that your strength do not become your weakness. I will never say that I will never use those words for me. Words are important. And for me, it's impossible for a strength to become a weakness because Pre- or last time when we talked, we explained the definitions and a strength is something that continuously strengthens you and a weakness is something that continuously weaken you. If you say your strength will become your weakness, you'll say something that strengthens you would suddenly start weakening you. Won't happen, I promise you. Mm-hmm. But what they so, mean... So maybe
0: maybe going back to last week, we also used the words Drain. Yes. So that what strengthens you nourishes you and what yeah. weakens you drains you. So it's very improbable that something that nourished me a day ago will suddenly drain.
1: Exactly. So, so we're playing a bit with semantics, but it's for, for me, it's important because it, it plays to the awareness and how you should manage it. Uh, uh, what they mean with this is that what nourishes you, your energy, your strength, will become a detriment it will get in your way, it will cause something negative to happen around you, it will cause negative reactions. And and so because you so love to do it, and you do it overbearingly, so Um, but that's detrimental. And that comes from mismanaging talents now. So the principle is clear, right, Lucas, the principle is, if you have energy, You should control the force that it comes out with. If it's fire or water or whatever, the moment if you have energy and you can control it, you have power. That's what power is. That's also what self-control and power over yourself is, is if you can control your energy uh, in, in specific situations. And the situation must indicate to you if a specific talent needs to be, turned up or turned down okay you cannot switch off a talent it's not possible switching it off is to like telling someone do not think of a pink elephant it's not possible you just did Uh, your your wiring of your talents is such you can't switch it off if you are wired to be strategic you are strategic even before you know what it means but you can turn the volume of strategic up or down that you can do and you can do it through knowledge through becoming skillful and through practicing when and how to do things like that all right and how to so, can
0: i can i just connect with that turning it up and down for a second because while you were speaking what came up in my mind is when i hear the word to control my strength then, then, or my talent, then it could be easy for me to kind of make that mean I should control what my talents are. Where what I hear you say right now is more like you can't control which song is playing on your stereo. Like the song that's playing on your stereo is what God gave you or whatever you've built in the first few years, but you can control the volume of the song. And you maybe have 10 different stereos. And based on the situation, you can decide which stereo to turn up and which stereo to turn down.
1: Yes, 100%. I love your, your metaphor, because that metaphor can, can also come in with, with not only controlling one talent, but controlling all your talents. Which, if we mm-hmm. stay on your metaphor, means the same song is playing, but I start using different instruments, adding drums, Mm. adding guitar, uh, adding a rhythm, making it faster, louder, slower. So the same song can be performed in various ways. That is talent management. Okay. And, and looking at the dynamics of your talents is to understand different instruments that plays in a symphony. So you have dominant instruments that play with you. And those are on your stage. And you as the conductor, if you're aware of each instrument's ability, their sound, their, their loudness, their rhythm, what they can do, you can conduct something out of it in a situation that becomes symphonic, and that becomes beautiful. The opposite is also possible and often happens. And this is as I said earlier, what sometimes happens with us when we're younger, you have instruments, but you can have no idea how to play them. You have no idea what they are capable of. And you just let them play and it makes a noise. It plays over each other and and people go like, oh, this is not nice to listen to. (laughs) Um, And and that's the principle behind uh, talent management and it's also the principle that comes in that you should go beyond awareness because becoming aware doing a report a profile an assessment like stringfinder is simply the first step of awareness it tells you this is what you've got and unfortunately I've seen over years that by most people, thinks that's sufficient they go like oh yeah that's what i got that's what it means." and they walk away and they think the awareness by itself will change something Um, awareness is a first step but awareness on itself is only like a diagnosis okay if you are aware that you have a specific illness or a specific strength or whatever that won't change unless you start doing something about it that's where talent development and talent management uh, comes in, in, in the different forms of the talent. First, talent management within its collective need of the domains. So you have executing themes, influencing relational and thinking themes, according to the strength finder approach. Now those need to be managed. Some people are dominantly strong in execution which means they should first and foremost before they look at the detailed talent management they should first manage the collective need or sound if we look at your metaphor of the need for results and realities the need to make something happen those that's what executing themes what what they do
0: so so the really important thing if we have somebody who's mostly executing, would be like, yes, you have all of these individual talents that we need to look at. But bigger than that, you have a lot of energy and need to get things done in the world. So let's look at that first, because that will actually probably solve already a lot of the uh, sub-talents, basically.
1: Absolutely. Uh, that that will give you an indication um, where let, let, let's let's I love your metaphor so I'm going to go on with it. That. Mm-hmm. that gives you an indication of the style or genre of the music. Is it jazz or mm-hmm. is it classic or is it pop or what is it? Is it opera? And if you know that, you know what to do you know the discipline, you know the the rhythm, you know all of that. And what, what's for some people, and i include me in this we are fortunate in the sense that our genre of talents are very easy because we are dominant in one area very strong i personally am very strong in the thinking domain so out of my dominant themes if i look at my top 10 themes i have six out of the 10 thinking. comes naturally first and all the needs surrounding cognitive processing and thoughts and so on. So if we would say thinking equals a genre of music like opera, I know I'm an opera singer and I love to be that and I never tried to do jazz or anything else. But it's not true for all people. Some people are, shall we call it, multi-mixed in talents and when I when I we can talk about your profile maybe later but but when I looked at you 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 have more than one strong dominant domain within you so that means you go like yes I I'm a thinker um, and I strongly associate with that but I'm also a strong influencer so I can also influence and 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 be in in that area and I'm also strong executional etc you And and that means that that for you, it will probably be more difficult to manage your collective talents than for me. Because, and I always say this openly, I say for me, if I want to manage myself, I only focus on managing my thoughts. The moment I manage my mind, my emotions and behavior follows. That's me, it's not true for everyone. Someone else might say, yeah, sometimes I need to manage my thoughts, but other times I'm so emotional and I need to really manage my emotions or sometimes I get so active physically and responsive. And and this is where when we dive deeper into strength-based development and coaching, it becomes a journey of more complexity of the uniqueness of each individual Who are you? And how do we then manage the combination of your talents? And how do we get, how do we first identify your instruments, your genre? And then how do you write, not me for you, how do you write your symphony for your life? Because if you have been given the instruments to play opera, but you consistently try to be a jazz musician you will make music but you will fail because you're in the wrong arena of it and that's why we why we say when it comes to to talents and so from positive psychology concentrate on what is right with you what's your (laughs) sound who are you and manage that well before you try to fix what you don't have and put in instruments that you can't even play. So
0: I'm, I'm really fascinated by that. And I imagine we'll still have a bit of time on this because I imagine this is so core to the whole strengths approach. But when I hear you speak of, you mostly have thinking talents. So for you managing your talents is a lot about managing your thoughts, managing your thinking activity. And for me, the question would be, how does that look for you? Like, what does it mean for you to manage your thoughts? Yes. And this will be very, very personal for you, and it will look very different in other people, but I imagine making it palpable will, yeah. will make it easier to get.
1: Absolutely. And, and okay, so so let's look at that. First, you look at the, the broad area of, of thinking. Now, I can... I can give you a a real example that will fit in very well here. Um, Some uh, months ago, I experienced what many people experience through their lives and I experienced symptoms of burnout of complete fatigue and tiredness and burnout, etc. So uh, I went to to a physician and I went to doctors and I got some advice, etc. And I was I was then diagnosed medically with yes, you, you're completely burned out, you need to rethink your, your life, your schedule, your work patterns, your pacing and all of that. And that in itself is recalibrating and your life or giving yourself a new rhythm of living. But then then uh, the, the, the doctor explained to me something um, about it. And, and, and when he explained it, it clicked to me how this aligns with talents also. He told me, and, and I'm just going to give an overview, that you have three basic types of burnout. You have physical burnout, which means you physically work too hard for too long physically with your body and your body, your muscles can't anymore. So you're getting burnt out physically, some people get that. Then you have emotional burnout, that comes with trauma, and with emotional pressure and stress, that your emotions for too long is under stress or, or something very emotionally happened over and over again. And you burn out emotionally. And then you get the third part, which is mental burnout. And that is that your mind never stops and your mind keeps on running and thinking, et cetera. And and he, my doctor interviewed me and then he told me it's very clear you have mental burnout because you're not physically overworked. You don't have emotional trauma or pressure, but in everything you tell me for too long, for years continuously, your mind never stopped, okay? and you overwork your mind, you work your mind even while you sleep. Um, you, you don't have ways to, to completely rest and shut down. And, and the example of that is that I told my doctor how often I would have woken up thinking my work and thinking things and I wake up with it and I must write it down or I must start typing it because in my sleep it came. And he said, no, the thing is, you're not resting. You're still working. Your eyes is just closed. Your body is resting, but your mind's not. Now, why am I saying this? It ties directly to me and how I must manage my time. Of course, I'm a thinker. So first and foremost, makes complete sense to me that I have mental burnout and not emotional burnout. Because I'm I'm not strong in the emotional relational talents at all, um, and I'm not saying I can't get emotional burnout. I'm not I'm not busy with a scientific thing here, so don't if you listen to this don't quote me on being a, a medical expert. I'm not. I'm just interpreting from from your question. So I can experience obviously other types of burnout as well. But I realized that it's so important to. To really be aware of the constant drive of your talents and what you love to do. And the problem is that if you love to do something so much, and if you have a constant craving and need and energy to do more and more, you don't know your limits. You don't. And if you don't know the limit, you will keep on pushing, all right, until something breaks and then, you know, okay, there's my limit, but then it's it's too late. All right. So, so thinking about me, I have certain thinking themes that's extremely strong. One, one combination that I have in my dominant themes in my top five also is the combination of input and learner. Now, when input and learner combines dominantly, I refer to it as a super theme combination. (laughs) The reason that I know it uh, and that I call it a super theme is because if you explain to someone the characteristics and definition of input and you explain to them learner, they will listen to you and go like, I don't get the difference. Why, why is it not one thing? Exactly. It's very similar but but these characteristics are different and and there's a lot but the core characteristic difference in input and learner as thinking is that learner is about practical application it's about relevance it's about taking information and asking first and foremost how is this relevant and how can i practically apply it and therefore learner ties to skill it ties to ability input (laughs) looks at information and goes like, I, I only need for it to be interesting. I don't need to apply it and I don't need it to be relevant. Now, if you have one, so, so if you only have learner, which by the way is the case with you, Lucas, you have a very strong learner and a lower input. For you, relevance, application, skill is everything. And, and yep. if you tick those boxes, you will have energy, but if I tell you something and you go like, Yeah, I can hear it's interesting, it's got no relevance on my life at all, you will move on. Okay. And
0: being being quite a clear excluder, I'll just be like, Yeah, meh. Nah.
1: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> whereas whereas with me, if it's not relevant, my input still goes, No, tell me more, tell me more. I want to read this book, I want to read, I want this podcast, and and that's only a combination of one of my talents that never stops. Then I have intellection that goes deep. So intellection Mm -hmm. is an inward deep processing that always goes what what more what can I take more about it Uh, conceptualizing, philosophizing, etc, going deeper. Um, I have ideation strong, that's about ideas and making connection. I have analytical that looks at different areas of analyzing patterns and seeing patterns and how they connect and how they uh, what can work in that and i can
0: also see how all of those will form like beautiful circles because once you have a new idea your your uh, learner will be like oh how can i use this idea and the input will be like oh where can i learn more about this so it's like
1: absolutely absolutely and, and when that wheel starts spinning, you, you have one of two results. The one result, if you are in control and aware of what's happening and you do it with intention is outperforming anyone. Becoming the best in your field, becoming a super thinker in it, becoming very knowledgeable, becoming very skilled, becoming a specialist. All that will happen because you are talented in it. And other people will try, but they can't keep up with you because you every day you tell them, have you read this book on it? And they go like, no, okay, I will. And then they, have you read this? And have you seen, have you researched? So you're overpowering them unintentionally, but you have the energy to do it and the need to do it. That's the positive management of it. That's the performance side of it. That's the great thrill of building on your strengths and aligning it with your interest. The negative is losing sight of the other parts of your humanity, uh, your body, etc. That that gets tired. That needs to rest. That needs to losing sight of what your brain needs, what what your body needs, etc. Losing sight of people around you. Uh, and, and it can be have a strong relational detriment. I, I've now told with burnout the, the, the example of, of physical detriment, but detriment of talent overplay for a thinker, the big detriment relationally is often you alienate yourself and you withdraw because you're 100% comfortable with yourself. You don't need people to be okay. You don't need conversations to be okay you're happy with a book or with the internet, you're happy alone and you can continue for days and weeks and months. And therefore something like the the, the, the current or past lockdown in COVID for thinkers is heaven. I don't have to go anywhere. I can just sit in my happy space and, and go deeper and deeper and deeper. Now that's okay if you live completely on your own. But if for instance, you, you have, family you have children you have friends etc that may become detrimental people may experience you as disconnected as alienated as uh, even they may experience you on, on a planet of your own and talking about things that's disconnected from reality to them okay
0: so um when i listen to you i just get reminded of how important these definitions are that we made last time because i think to truly understand that wheel turning you need to understand this element of yeah because actually each of these activities gives you energy each of these activities actually it's it's not in that way draining but it gives you a certain type of energy and there is actually a need to do them so this is also why i think it's so important and I know that sometimes it can be a bit of like being a smart ass, like, no, this is not a weakness. This is a detriment, but it makes a big difference because it, it is not, it's not like you being in your thinking space is suddenly a weakness because it still gives you energy,
1: yes.
0: but it turns into a detriment both yes. for your relationships and potentially even for your body. But it still gives you that energy.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent, and that's why I said earlier it's semantics, but it's important because it it changes your your mind about it, and you, and it's even even if you know it. Um, look, everything I just told you that happened to me recently with burnout. It, burnout's not a new concept to me. Overmatch, managing my talents, I coach people for many years, for fifteen years on this stuff, and it happened to me. You see, we're vulnerable to this because we so easily fall in that trap of energy and need that consistently plays. Especially when, and and this is when when I studied myself, I saw what what pushed me over the edge is for my thinking themes. The 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 strongest need my thinking themes collectively need is. Reason and reflection and therefore time. Thinkers need time. Okay. Right. Tell me with everything detrimental and everything negative and all the the, the different aspects of the negative negativity of the, the COVID-19 lockdown. What's the one thing that people gained? Time. Mm-hmm. I suddenly got so much time because I don't have to drive anywhere. I can't go see my clients. My, my I don't I don't have to do daily stuff. I don't have work suddenly at home. So now my days of work where other people where someone who's, for instance, in construction can't work because they not with their, I was pushed in a situation where I can now work comfortably 24 hours a day without stopping. Because I don't even have the brakes in between of quickly driving to go and fetch my kid at school because the kid is at home now, etc. cetera. And, and that's what, what started to to get the wheels come off in managing myself well and, and pushed you over, over the rim. Now, still, I'm just talking about the genre. I'm talking about thinking within mm-hmm. them, you now have managing each of the different talents carefully in terms of what does the talent need in order to thrive and what do they need in order to be healthy?
0: Which, again, are two very different questions. I actually like both of those questions. But So it seems like what, what kind of held you together before were the breaks, where you couldn't just stay in the thinking loop. But actually, yes. you had other things that forced you out of it. Yes. And so I imagine one of the takeaways from how do I get out of this burnout situation was I need to get myself those breaks again. Like I imagine that was part of your management.
1: hundred percent. Up to the point that, that part of my uh, therapy to become healthy is to have my alarm clock set at intervals through the day to go off and all i have to do when it go off is get up and go for a walk in the garden i must do it if i don't do it i won't realize that i'm burning out until i i I see the consequences um Mm -hmm. and 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 that's that's in in my context exactly what what happens is you don't have that that rhythm now now the thing is i'm not My situation comes longer than just the lockdown period. I've been overworking my mind for many years. Okay, So I'm in a re-evaluation, re-awareness, etc. of of that as well, which is great and necessary for all of us from time to time uh, to do. But if you look at anybody within managing your talents, there's usually the first thing you have to look at each of the talent themes would be the question What does this talent need in order to excel and thrive? Because what they need is what they will become greedy for. They will take it from you. Okay. If, if, if a talent needs speed, they will take speed from you. If a talent needs uh, to be alone, they will make sure they get it. You know, the talent will make, make sure in some way. Um so if you get the awareness that the different talents need, you can identify which of your dominant talents are well managed, because all of them are not necessarily mismanaged. Okay. Which ones and which ones are the hijackers? I love to call them hijackers. Okay. They 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 come and they get you from behind. Suddenly they're in your space and they hijack you. And which which ones is it? and in which situations do you find detriment um, in your relationships do you find detriment in the workplace do you find it in friendships do you find it in deadlines do you find it in creativity where do you find that you can just cannot break through and you just cannot make it happen and and we often see the mismanage of talents in the what what i call the opposite of flow the concept of flow is to to be in a space where where you're absolutely flowing and time disappears and all of that it's easy it's this there's, there's great immediate feedback all of that to me the opposite of that is fluctuation to fluctuate moments of satisfaction moments of brilliance and then failure and and you can know that you probably have a problem of mismanaging some of your talents if as a pattern in your life you see fluctuation if you see for instance fluctuation in being an entrepreneur and you start new companies and through years you see that every time i have a great idea i start a company And when it gets to 12, 18 months, it bangs, it goes down. And then again, again, story after story, somewhere there's a fluctuating pattern that we need to go and look what in you causes you to recreate that environment every time. Because the only constant in what's happening there is you. It's every time a different business, but you're still there. So surely the problem must be within you. Um, if, if the problem is relational and you find that you, you, your relationships fail every time and, and you try to, to befriend someone or go into a relationship and a pattern causes what's the dominant factor you there every time, what happens here? And we can identify a lot of it by seeing how do you express your needs? And your energy, and why is it pushing people away from you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just using some examples um, of it. But the, the the beauty here is that every single talent, you can take all 34 of the Clifton Strength talents, and you can say, this is their contribution, these are its most urgent needs, and here's the dangers of it being mismanaged. Typical mismanagement would be the following, and you can list them, okay? So
0: so it seems like you're pointing to, so number one, I, I, I feel talked to when you speak of the fluctuation because my strategic thinking and activator do lead me to start things, and I'm not necessarily the best at following through, but I imagine we'll be talking about that, um, but, um, it seems like you talk about two slightly separate elements of need. There is a need you've called it to thrive, and um, I might use the word to excel. Like what? What does this talent need to excel in its way of being, thinking, feeling? Um, and the other would be what does this talent need to stay healthy? So what does it need to what are the boundaries it also needs so that it's long-term yeah. healthy?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. As as again, as analogy or metaphors to that, I talk about water and wine. You need water to be healthy, but you need wine to have a party, right? So <laughs> um, and, and talents are the same. Each talent needs something to stay healthy and something else to thrive so one thing Mm -hmm. to survive and one thing to thrive for survival there's an element that a talent needs just to be there and and there's generic uh uh survival needs for all talents one one for instance generic all 34 talents need this one thing some more than others but all needs it they need to be recognized and celebrated all talents need all talents need to be seen recognized but not in the same way at all okay the way that significance need recognition is different than intellection for instance that that's a survival need of of talents then you have more more specific needs for instance let's take relator for relater to simply survive, okay? relators need two things, trust and loyalty. They need environments where they have people around them and places around them that is familiar and that they select carefully because they trust it and they can be loyal and they receive trust and they receive loyalty. If you take that away from the environment of relators, they will feel unhealthy, they will feel something's very wrong now. Where's my people? Where's my place? Where do, who do I trust? Okay. <laughs> For a relator to, to thrive, to, to go into the state of okay, I have the basics. But I now uh want to get from water to wine you can go and say okay some relators will will now say how can i expand my horizon of relatedness of familiarity how can i build it out and become a more trustworthy person that can be dependable um, etc so usually it is more of if you have more of it's thriving you know um, maximizers need excellence. Okay. To thrive, they need perfection. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. The one is excellence, th- that they always need. If you give them full, full scope and you tell the maximizer talent, you can lead this game. They'll go for perfection. And they'll become extremely hard-headed to get the absolute perfect, perfect state. And, and that's the, the difference. And then the management of it is to, again, emotional intelligence. Understand when is perfection not attainable or not needed. Turn down the maximizer. What is the level of excellence that I should be satisfied with as a maximizer? Go for that, and don't, don't start to push it further because you'll just overrun people and yourself within it.
0: So so it so it seems like there is this what does the talent need? And there is like a bigger question of what does the whole human being need? And that includes each talent having its space, but also each talent not taking over.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so so can you see how you build the puzzle? And 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 this I don't want to go in another I just want to make a statement that this is why it is essential. Not not a nice to have essential. If you want to take your strengths and talents uh, seriously that you be coached. Because what a coach a good coach will will do is to look at you holistically and to see what's your environment, what's your relationships, what's your work, what's your passion, what's your talents, what's your knowledge, your skill experience, what's well-managed, what's mismanaged. And through a journey, not ones of discussion, a few sessions of unpacking your life and where you're going can help you to align things and and can help you to fine-tune your instruments, can help you to select the song And can help you to start playing your own symphony but on your own it's very difficult because we have blind spots simply because of the way we tilt our head if i look this way i'm blind there if i turn that way i'm blind there it will always be we need input to help us see different angles in it and and understand how to how to help ourselves become better
0: And I would love to get back to that coaching aspect in a bit because I actually think there is, there is more, there's a lot there, but I'm just trying to like each talent put together. There is the whole human being. I have my question again. My question um, is, um, and this is, both a philosophical question but also a question for how you perceive it in yourself and in others it's do you perceive people as the collection of their talents or would you say there is more than just a person's talents because for me one of the questions i keep bumping my head against is um in managing my talents who or what manages my talents and how does that work like, that's one of the questions I keep on uh, hitting again. Because I have a f- certain view of the world there. But I'm also curious, what is yours? And what's kind of the strength perspective on that question? Which I think goes very close to that emotional intelligence question, by the way.
1: It does. The first, the first part of your question, Lucas, is, is are you only a collection of your talents? Not at all, not, not nearly. Much more um, talents and strengths is one specific aspect of who you are. Okay, an important part, like other parts as well. It's a vital organ, but there's other vital organs within you as well. Um, so you're you're a lot more. You you're 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 also um, the the culmination of. Of your background, your values, your culture, your experiences, your upbringing, uh, your decisions that you've made, uh, the influence of people around you over your life, how you've been schooled and what you've been learned, uh, if you're if you're involved in religion or faith, the impact of that on you and on your worldview and how you see that, um, etc. There's there are numerous things that's got an impact on who you are as a human being. Another very important part to understand as well, and that's a whole other discussion is is the neuroscience behind you, Uh, the the way that your brain functions and the needs of your brain uh, from from the discoveries in neuroscience and how this aligns even with with who you are and, and your strengths, the need for, for instance for for safety and the need for status um and and etc so um you're not you're not only your talents now then then you went a bit deeper and you ask so who manages uh your talents now the the simple expected answer would probably be well you do of course but no i i get what you're saying it's it's more complex than that um and and Holistically, you are involved. Okay, and this is philosophical, but you are involved in your own uh, development and your own growth, et cetera. And that's where awareness, self-awareness, becomes so crucial. Therefore, the link with with emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence starts and builds on awareness all the time, aware of yourself. But it's not only you. It's it's also your talents are to a huge extent managed with support of people around you it's managed with people that that lives with you that gives you indication of what they experience what they hear because the problem we have with living inside ourselves is the same problem that a fish has in water and the problem that a fish has a fish in water has got the following problem that they are not aware of the water. They're only aware of things in the water, but their habitat that surrounds them, they they blissfully unaware of the environment unless you take them out of it or unless you pollute it. Then suddenly they go like, I can't breathe, I can't see. We the same, we swim in our talents. We see the world through our talents. We don't see our talents but we see it like a lens. So we desperately need other people, some professional people, but often people close to us that know and love us and that we trust to point out to us gently, but can can you see this pattern? Um, Can you, do you realize what you're doing here? And it's only if we are attentive and listening and if we decide to manage ourselves better that we will even listen to people close to us never mind professionals but that we will do that so managing of your talents is a tribal effort it's a collective <laughs> effort all right therefore if we look at it within situations for instance like business a person that's got immense influence on the management of people's talents in the workplace is a manager and if a manager is unaware of the collective different talents of the people in their team they will never be able to help them to manage it better if a manager understand what gives each person energy and what they need it becomes a different ball game to lead them. Leadership becomes easier and people find it easier also to manage themselves and therefore, to perform and thrive in the workplace sustainably. And not only rely on skill and ability, but on sustainability and engagement and loving what they do. Um, I, I, I love to ask when I work with managers that uh, that that knows, for instance, the Clifton Tranks tool. And when I start talking to them and they tell me, oh yeah, I know this and it's great, and I can't really see how it helps. I have a curveball that I throw them always, and I've never I've never seen this failing. What I do is I would tell them, Oh, so you know the the, the talents of the people in your team. And they go, Yeah. And I go, okay, for instance, that person. Uh, what what strong talent do they have tell me one and the manager may say oh that guy he's got deliberative and I go like okay tell me one thing what does he need what does deliberative need and in all cases the manager look at me and go "Uh, what I say what does he need he's deliberative what does he need you managing him you should supply him what he needs to use his deliberative well in the workplace. And the manager will say, no, deliberative makes him careful and hesitant and so on. I say, I I don't, I'm not saying what the contribution are. I know deliberative talent. I'm asking you as the manager, what is the need? I even can do this with parents. If your parents of of children growing up, teenagers are older to ask a parent, oh, so you did your child strength report. So tell me what does your child need they' go like, oh, oh, wow. that was
0: that was one of my main takeaways from our last conversation was this idea of think not what can this talent do for me, but what does it need to be happy?
1: There we go. Here we go. and And that's directly linked to how we manage ourselves and people around us and how people help us to manage our, our talents as well. So yeah. to summarize, you ask a couple of questions here. No, we're not only talents, we're a lot more. We're more complex, we're in infinitely complex as human beings. Um, but we have great tools and science to help us, like one of them, the Clifton Strengths. And then, in, in terms of managing it, it's a tribal effort, it's a team effort, it's a relational effort, it's a partnering yeah. effort, not only you.
0: Yeah, and I, I like that perspective also of to manage it. I can't just rely on my talents or on my oh so small consciousness because we all think we're, we're so super conscious, but actually the power of our consciousness is actually very limited. So we need the tools, we need the knowledge, we need the routines, and we need other people. One of the places where that question comes from for me is that I'm trained in a therapeutic approach that, that works with parts. And it's very interesting because the way this approach will look at parts is in, I would say it has an overlap of at least 70, 80% with what the Clifton approach would call a talent. They look at it from a different perspective, but it has a very large overlap. So um, to me, it seems very natural to actually see the overlap and in this approach, there's also one very beautiful step that I find so useful for me and all the clients I work with, which is the idea that we all have very many parts. We all have different talents and strengths and weaknesses. Um, but we also have one aspect to us, which this approach, it's called the internal family system, calls the self. And the self is actually our spiritual core that is not a part. But that is the the core of us that can relate to any part and can actually start to interact and negotiate with the parts Mm -hmm. and to me that's actually one natural way i'm i am approaching this strength work because i just see that overlap and i think for me it's been one of my biggest breakthroughs in my therapeutic work was this I used to always see people trying to solve their problems from one part interacting with another part and it never works. But once they can step back, they are in that self, the open space where they are curious, compassionate, connected with the parts, suddenly they can change things that they couldn't even imagine changing while they were still in the other part. So I also, also imagine that if we can connect with our strengths from this place of self, that we can suddenly manage it in a completely different way than if we try to manage it from a different strength. If my, de- if my deliberative is like, no, futuristic, you can't do that. It's a different thing than if I'm like, yeah, I can see what the deliberative wants and I can see what the futuristic wants. And actually, I need a break. And that's a very different way of relating to it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, when, when I, when I coach people or when I train coaches in, in this approach, I actually give them the advice to address their talents, if they manage it, to talk to it, you know, <laughs> and to, to 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 like, say, activator, I know you wanted to start yesterday already, and you're extremely frustrated and impatient, but shut the hell up okay you cannot do this now (laughs) Mm -hmm. and 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 you acknowledge there's a sense of sense of acknowledgement the celebration of the need and the energy and then you put it aside until it can can work then so it's this acknowledgement of not only who you are but acknowledgement of elements within you that is trying to 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 come out and hijack you and and overrun you um, in a way, sometimes it's not only slowing down, but but speeding up. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, you tell something like like intellection. Okay, listen, I know you love time, and you would like to rethink this another five hours. Time's out. Time's running out. We need to make a decision now. So intellection, sorry, time out for you. And we yeah, just that,
0: <laughs> that would be the state that this approach internal family system would call self leadership. Yes. where actually myself is in the leadership position for my internal system. And, it can, and the self can acknowledge each part, each part and it can be like, and not right now, yes. I get that. I'll take care of that later. But right now we need
1: to solve this issue. And, 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 and to me that that ability, that awareness and that skill to do that is the pinnacle of emotional intelligence and and self-awareness and maturity someone who can do that and and here's another thing in many cases this is not age related Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have seen 15 year olds that's able to lead themselves and and manage themselves and hold back or speed up or whatever and then I have seen 70 year olds that have no clue how to manage what they say or think or do in any way. They just so it's 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 a it's, it's an ability that, that you have and that you foster and that you create.
0: I, I just want to give you because I know you like words. And um, uh, one of the most beautiful words that I think the IFS approach uses for this is they wouldn't speak so much of hijacking. They would call it being blended with. Ah. So in that place, it's like the self gets lost because you become the part. But you can also unblend again.
1: I love that. So that's
0: that's the way IFS looks at it. And for me, it's been one of the most practical tools I've ever found. And once I'm, as a coach or therapist, able to facilitate that, I can suddenly work with people in a way that I never could before. So for me, that's been one of my big, really big aha moments in my whole journey, that unblending.
1: Well, I, I, can, I can just already see some beautiful interactions and, and alignment between uh, the, the approach that you're talking with and the strength-based approach. And you know how, how you can see how awareness of talent and the correct understanding and application of it can also be extremely helpful in therapy oh yeah it can be extremely helpful to 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 help people there and 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 help them manage themselves better and get unstuck or unblended i
0: i actually personally one of the things that really draws me to the strength work is that i have the sense that the therapeutic approach has such beautiful maps on how to work with so in in my own words if i were to translate it it's like I would imagine that sometimes a a, a talent, rather than being productively applied to what's truly happening in my life, a talent can kind of be focused on fear or survival, and it thinks it needs to overwork to make sure I'm safe, rather than actually looking at my life going like, what does it really need right now? And this therapeutic approach has a really beautiful way of working with that. But there is, for instance, no no map or understanding of and maybe there are certain parts of you that are meant to be predominant in you because they are the ones that have the most energy for you naturally and how can you then find that structure for your system where those parts are more in leadership Mm. and you can manage them but it's uh, that whole map is missing and I find mm. that that is such an important consideration because one of the things I personally find is we're all built so fucking differently. Like, if I try to work with everybody exactly the same, I will definitely fail because we're all built so differently. So, mm. acknowledging that and actually using that as a strength, yeah, and is is so important to me.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's it. that is one of the, the beauties of tools like this. Um, it's also one of the uh, you know the, the sadnesses I have is how the potential within this is not really unleashed and discovered for what most people that, that would come across this and read through it and so on and go, oh yeah, I've got the T-shirt and move on. It, this can be life-changing. You know it really can be if you apply it right yeah so um
0: maybe we make the jump to that because you just started talking a few minutes ago before we then loop back to uh, some bigger picture thinking of that's what a strength coach would do so you kind of started with a strength coach would look at the strengths would look at the themes but also the individual strength look at where does somebody want to go and then see how can those be aligned yeah. and for me i'm really curious when you work with people and feel free to use as much of my all 34 you want to use whatever like yeah. but also be as general as you want to be like what is your underlying uh, orientation when you work with people what what are you trying to give To them, so that they can really manage themselves and their own talents better.
1: Okay, so there's there's two crucial things uh, if you want to be a strength coach and a a good strength coach. Uh, Two things that you should master from a knowledge perspective and a skill perspective, and then also experience perspective. And both those things are in the word strength coach. You should master the knowledge of strengths and should master the knowledge of coaching. You should know both those. Um, and, And it's it's two different disciplines that you have. So, and therefore also distinguish between coaching as a discipline, and coaching as certain competencies that you have and certain ways, the coaching is not merely a discussion. Coaching is not consulting. Coaching is not giving answers. Coaching is not therapy. Um, Um, So so to understand what coaching is and and get yourself trained and skilled and experienced in that. And then look at your resource of choice, your language of choice, your tools of choice. In my case, Clifton strengths is the one I I chose many years ago and still love to use most of the time. But then you should be embedded within the knowledge of this science as well. Positive psychology, talent, strengths, what it means, et cetera. And if you use a tool like Strength Finder and there's the 34 themes, you should really know them very well um, in order to unpack them and help someone Go on a journey of discovery.
0: This in, means in, it.
1: Yes. In your book,
0: you called that uh, knowing the spices, but also knowing how they interplay.
1: Yeah, dynamics, talent, dynamics. So, if you if you look at spice, the, the thirty four themes can be thirty four different spices or ingredients. In a person, those are already mixed and some are completely left out maybe or very little of it. And then you should understand if you mix these two things, what's gonna happen, what's the reaction, what's the taste, what's the smell, what will happen with it. But maybe the, the, the biggest thing to start with when we talk about strength coaching is the very important difference between coaching and an awareness discussion. Now, an awareness discussion is where you should start if it's about becoming aware of your talents and strengths but an awareness discussion on itself is not coaching yet and unfortunately i've seen too many institutions etc that train people as strength coaches but they actually only train them to have awareness discussions and what is this what is an awareness discussion it's crucial And it's eye opening. But all it is, is an in depth understanding of your profile. It's to become aware of yourself, to become aware of your talents, aware of your strengths and and embracing it and understanding it and acknowledging it. That in itself is not the coaching part that helps you now to become an expert on yourself to become artful and skillful in terms of living life and achieving your goals, etc., That's a different ball game to take people into that. But you need both, you start at awareness and you go on the journey, all right? Um, so in, in my approach towards it, I make a clear distinction. I also train both people on the resource of strengths. For awareness discussions, it's one part of training that I do, and I have another training that I do that's coach centric with the ICF to train you how to coach. It's two disciplines, and 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 you you really if you want to excel at this, you you need both. Um, then if we if we look at the awareness of who you are to to really go into a deeper in an understanding, so I think. A, a great way could be, Lucas, if we use your profile,
0: and I wonder be, be, before before we do that, I'm very happy to do that. Um, so an awareness discussion is about awareness, people learning how they work, all of that. what What would for you be at the core of a coaching journey in comparison to the awareness discussion? What would be the core of that journey for you?
1: Okay, the the outcome, or the topic or the focus of any coaching journey is not determined by the coach, by by the client. Because the main thing about coaching is that it's not about you, the coach, it's about the client. And you don't coach the outcome, you coach the process. The magic is in the process of growth. It's not in the outcome of it. The outcome is in the hands of the client. All right. <laughs> and whatever happens, in a way, a great coach cannot fail in any way because it's not in your hands. How can you fail? And even a client that tells you after one or two sessions, I don't want to continue, is not a failure for you as coach, because it's not about you. They don't want to continue, it's it's their choice. So then, if you look at so that's the first thing. But if you look at it, you 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 coach someone within a context and need that they have. That you use their awareness of their talents and strengths and patterns of thinking, feeling, and behaving towards a desired goal or future, or change or change of behavior or change of context or change of job or decisions, whatever it may be, life coaching, career coaching, uh, relational coaching, whatever, to attain that through a process of applying the knowledge and managing their talents and playing to their strengths most of the time. You keep them aware of it. You keep them in their face and you help them to make their decisions on the way and become skilled and knowledgeable in reading themselves from a strength-based perspective and applying themselves from a strength-based perspective. That would be the coaching part uh, that you do.
0: So so trying to visualize that, it would be a little bit like somebody has this goal. This is the context they're in. Like this can be their job, their family, wherever their goal is. first build awareness this is you these are your strengths these are your energies and needs and then you really coach them on how can they use these in this context to get towards their goal and the coaching art is figuring out together how can you use the energies and needs you have to get to where you want to be in this very specific context not in a general form but actually in In your life in whatever context we're coaching in
1: exactly and and the the awareness of yourself and what you have that's the awareness discussion part from a strength perspective that's where you start uh coaching 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 does not focus on the past that's therapy okay so therapy looks contextually towards the past and what we can process out of it coaching looks towards the the current uh, uh, situation and the future and what we should decide and what we should do on our journey going there okay mm-hmm. so and both both can be contextually important but it's not not the same thing um okay so i think what what might also be helpful for you uh lucas is is from an awareness perspective um, because coaching is, is a journey and you should have a destination, all of that. Let us let me unpack a bit of your profile from an awareness perspective. And to do that, maybe you can just share your profile on the screen. Or oh, I have it here. I can share it if you allow me to share. Of course,
0: because I think that makes sense. Then you can also use your mouse to point to things. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Ah, not here, but... Share screen, there. Now you can.
1: Okay. Well,
0: that is quite exciting. Showing, sharing my, my own personal stuff. Okay.
1: Yeah. There we go. All right, so <clears throat> let, let me just start by reminding what we said in our previous discussion. We talk about talents and what they are and what they're not. Uh, dominant talent themes. The dominant themes are usually found within your top 10, but can be more, can be even top top 12 or 14 or so. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's found in the top part. My, my have, sense
0: for myself is that it goes roughly to 12, okay. where I would say my my dominant ends.
1: All right. Uh, and, and then you have your uh, supporting themes or lesser talents that would, in your case, go roundabout about from 13, go down and usually to about 27, 28, 29, about there. And mm-hmm. then you have your last five or eight is usually your non-patterns, your weakness.
0: Right. Yeah, for me, that starts with... 27 is already getting weaker but it, okay. it's like 27 28 okay. and then it really hits home with 29
1: all right so that would be your non-patterns which means that's how you're not wired that's the yeah. drain that will drain you okay it's not that you cannot do it you're playing the bunker you're you're in the sand but you can play but not as a game then you say that in your case you have more or less from here up to deliberative would be uh, the rough. You can play it when you need to, but it's like accessible when needed. So I need it, get it, and I go out. But it's not my fairway. It's not my daily game. Your natural game would be dominantly in this space. All right. the The other thing that that's important is to realize that uh, this exact sequence one, two, three, four, five, six is less important than people make it. People tend to be extremely hyper focused on the sequence. And the questions I always ask is, yeah, but if I redo this, my sequence will change. You know, This is a computer generated profile. A computer can only work in numeric fields and only give you something in a sequence. That's why it's It's done like that. And there's a reason that strategic is stronger than achiever, stronger than ideation. But the important thing for you is that you function every day out of your dominant themes without decision to do so. That's the collective energy and need of Lucas will be made (laughs) up of all those ingredients. Therefore, it may be that in five years time, if I won't recommend it because it will just be a waste of of time and money. But if you decide to redo the assessment, your strategic may not, not come out at one, but at six. And your learner may be two and your ideation may be one. That's not a train smash. Nothing changed. It's just in that moment, some of them came out more relevant in that day. But it's still Lucas. I explain to people like this. If, if I would see you today, now I can only see the top part, so I see you have a, a black jersey or a sweater or whatever on, okay? So that's Lucas. Now, if we would meet again in six months and you would have a red shirt on, I will not ask you, <laughs> where's Lucas? What did you do with Lucas? And if you change your hairstyle, I may acknowledge it. I will tell you, whoa, you, you, you changed your hair. That looks great and you've got a different sweater on. It's still Lucas, the sequence of our talents is simply our hairstyle and our clothes. It's we stay the same. All right, we don't. <laughs> change. So, so that's that's quite important to realize over time. So let's let's dive a bit into this uh, specifically. And um, let's let's start it at number one, because it's number one strategic. Now, yes, from an awareness perspective, um, strategic is often misunderstood uh, by people in different ways. The, one of the strongest misunderstandings of strategic comes from the corporate world and the word strategic planning. People think strategic planning and getting a plan in a sequence and a strategy equals the strategic ability interestingly enough from a strategic point of view i find that most people with a strong strategic like you will probably hate strategic planning you won't like it it's not to if people tell you lucas we're going to go away for 2 days and do planning you will probably go like oh no this is Rather tell me where I should be going, give me the mandate and trust me to go there and leave me alone to make decisions fast and change direction and I will get there. But don't tell, let me give you a plan on how I will get there. You see the plan, the, 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 the predictability is much more the talent of discipline and consistency that you have very low, mm-hmm. even analytical. Those are the, the needs for, for, for structure, order, and planning. Strategic has got a total different need. The need of your strategic is, is in the strongest sense, two things. The first need is to be proactive, not reactive. To decide for yourself with something in mind. So proactive means I make a decision that leads to action for a reason. Reactive means I make a decision because something happened and I'm reacting to it. You want Mm -hmm. to create your future, your direction, with making your own decisions. And that's the second strong part of a strong strategic talent. It it also
0: goes that when my information changes, my plan changes.
1: There you go. Absolutely. The other thing about your strategic would be that your strategic has got a strong need for, um, I call it mandate. I don't know if in in all contexts it works well, but the mandate to make decisions, the the permission to make fast decisions, and the way you make decisions, and this is probably the strongest one strategic indicates to me something about the person's way of decision-making. And I have a name for it. I call it the battlefield (laughs) decision-maker. The place where you will thrive is if I tell you Lucas, you within this framework that I give you, do not have to ask permission for every decision you take. I want you to take your gut and what you know, make the call, and at some stage you can tell me why you made that call and I will trust you in the way you make it. You don't have to ask permission for decision making. That's yeah. the strategic talent.
0: It's for me one of the biggest drainers in in a work context if it, is if I work in a project where I need where I'm micromanaged, oh, yeah. it's it's the worst and where I need to check in on everything. Because then I've I my sense is I could just Yeah. I could just leave it and just not do it anyways because it doesn't yeah, exactly. make a difference.
1: Exactly. But but you see, you will interesting with you in decision making, I'm gonna jump around a bit. In decision making, there's for me two indications of people's decision making. Are they battlefield decision making? Yes, you are, or boardroom decision making arranger now your boardroom decision making is still dominant because you said up to 12 but only just okay which means that if i would be in a team with you and i ask you lucas we need you to just come with us to a team meeting so we can discuss and give you information that you may also need for decision making you'll be very happy to do that you understand the need for collective arrangement and conducting different parts together and getting the resources and information, but this is not the way that you would make decisions. If someone has got, for instance, a top five arranger and the low strategic, and I ask him, how do you make decisions? Do you make it on your own? They go, never. I always go ask people and call a meeting and I listen to everything. Then I make the call. That's arranged.
0: Yeah. no, that's not how I work.
1: That's not how you work. Obviously, oh. you're the strategist, okay, as uh, strategic. I personally call strategic uh, the role of the navigator. They brilliant to navigate. They, they can change direction in an instant, but still be on course and go around mm-hmm. stuff without without problems. Also, just something else of the thinking themes, which you also have: intellection, ideation, futuristic, etc., and learner. Strategic is the fastest of all the thinking themes. Okay. Thinks on their feet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you have dominantly, and I'm saying I'm jumping around here but I love to do that go for it I'm, I'm
0: very happy for you to jump around
1: so you have the two of the fast thinking themes dominant strategic and futuristic <laughs> and then you have the slowest of them all as well intellect <laughs> which tells me and I want to ask you if this is true you prefer, to make a decision on the fly fast. But at times when you need time to first think, you want to have that time. It's precious to you and you don't want to be pushed. You want to withdraw and really mull it over in your head before you go, go ahead.
0: Yeah, for me, it's, it's kind of two different ways of, of being almost. So in, in my day-to-day working environment, I'm mostly very quick moving. But I've, for me, I've arranged it so that on the weekends, I will have hours at a time where I just sit and I don't have a plan for anything. And just all the things I've been been doing throughout the week will come together and th- I will just go deeper and deeper and deeper into them. And then whatever I come up with on the weekend informs my next week. And then the next weekend I have that digestion time. So my interge- intellect is mostly that digestion time. Where i really go like and i need four or five hours at a time where i do nothing but sit and write and draw and do all of that and then throughout the week i'm jumping around all over the place
1: there you go so that's the need of both your faster talents and your slower team that you have but interestingly enough when it comes to to leading a kind of a leadership profile. You are typical in a way, you have the typical FAST leadership profile. And FAST, I take from an acronym, F, A, S, and then T for talents. And where do I get F, A, S from? When I see dominant with someone, the combination of futuristic, activator, and strategic, I know they're a FAST leader, futuristic, F, activator, Mm -hmm. A, strategic S. And I see this in leaders, that three combination of them. Why do I call them fast? They usually tend to be too fast for their followers. They think fast, they do fast, they activate fast, they think on their feet, they think far ahead, they futurist, they visionary. They see things that they don't know how to communicate because it's so clear all they want to do is to tell others can't you see what's where this is going and people say no you don't know you get frustrated that you must explain it like to a four-year-old because to you it's clear as daylight that's your futuristic your activator is the impatience the motivation the getting people going it's an influencing theme which means you love to get others going. When can we start? Okay, you love, you love people who are responsive and reactive to you. And you will be drained by people who do not respond to you. So your energy comes when you say something and people light up and they move. You go like, I can work with you. You're fast, you're activatable, I can activate you and we can really take it to the next level. Um, that's that's your activator. It's it's also interesting thing a side note on activator. Let me ask you a question. Do you have some cause, or some belief or some reason in 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 anything in the world that you feel activistic about that you feel is something that you feel so strong, you will mobilize people and you will take a poster and go in the streets and, and shout for that. Do you have something like
0: that? Yes and no. I, I am not very drawn to the being the activist in the street because I think it's actually a very stupid way of doing things. Yes. But I, I do feel very passionately about things and I've I've interestingly never looked at myself as as being very influential but I see that when I'm passionate about something people naturally get passionate about it as well when they talk to me. And um, so I have it that I have certain topics that I'm very into, and they can change quite quickly too because I get activated by something differently or my strategic realizes, oh, that's actually a smarter way of doing it. Um, but when I'm passionate, I'm very passionate. Uh, a, a An old friend of me once described me as my fuel is uh, enthusiasm. Yeah, like that's know. the fuel I run on.
1: Absolutely. The, the, the other word that I love to use for activators is, is to be the, the enthusiast, you know, very enthusiastic and, and going with that. But activators often can be activistic, not necessarily in shouting and screaming, but in influencing for a cause. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the important thing you may be very strong for certain things you believe in and that you thought through and then as we spoke about the the next one of your fast profile is strategic which is all about fast decision making so so yeah mm-hmm. you have the combination futuristic sees ahead you see ahead you see mm-hmm. a future activator inspires and activates and get people to react and respond and strategic make fast decisions so forward (laughs) inspiration decision makes you a fast leader okay now Mm -hmm. let's get back to talent management when managed when managed well this will be an asset to your leadership or to your influence and people will follow you for that reason and you will be a a high performing person because you will out vision out activate out strategized out smart and be too fast for your competition that's Mm -hmm. the positive the same thing that makes you great if not managed with emotional intelligence and other awareness if you're not aware of the people you lead may be your detriment so now if I would, if it's mismanaged and I interview a team that you lead, and I ask them, so how is it to work with or follow Lucas? I will probably get many of them telling me, well Tris, that guy He's too fast. I tell you, he talks about things in the future. He hates to explain it. We need to try and figure out where he is. He's somewhere in his head that we don't understand. He expects us to have everything done yesterday. He, he makes a decision. And while we're still working on it, he comes in with four more decisions. And it feels to us like he's going in a different direction, but he says he's not. It's tough to work for that guy. I tell you, mm-hmm. he, he, you see, that's when you mm-hmm. must manage it. So for, for, me,
0: for me personally, it, it would even not just be in a team, but also in leading myself. Like Uh it's very easy for me to start a new project. It's much more difficult for me to stick with it because I can get very enthusiastic about an idea. And especially when it's something where I'm like, whoa, there's so much potential. And for me, it's, it's a real learning. And I don't feel like I've mastered it remotely, but I've gotten a lot better at it of just sticking to it and finding a way to be consistent.
1: You see, that, that's something that, again, that I wrote about that in, in my book, and you may have read it. That's where another awareness that I go through people and that I use when I coach teams and companies is the work zones of talents. And you are extremely strong in the launching zone. You're mm-hmm. a launcher. You're a launcher and a finisher. But you're, you're drained by cruising. The cruising talent, so if we think a plane, you 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 take off, you launch, high energy, fast action, sound, lights, then cruising for most, for, for people who's not cruisers, boring, autopilot, same thing over and over. Then landing is, okay, fasten your seat belts, we're going in for a land, okay, everything waiting for us there. And then you have another zone that's a supporting zone that supports from mission control now in your case you are a classic launcher why do i say this well here you have futuristic futuristic is what i actually call not only launching but pre-launching pre-launching okay um, i use an example in one of our, one of my workshops um, that i use the apollo 13 story and and the apollo mission to to get to the moon, not only Apollo 13, but the mission to get to the moon. Where did it start? It started with a speech by JFK, John Kennedy, where he said, we will put a man on the moon before the end of the decade. Okay, that's futuristic. And it's pre-launching. It was years before the launch. Kennedy never saw the launch. He was assassinated, but he saw it happening futuristic. Then ideation is pre-launching. Ideators aren't doers, they thinkers on ideas and ways to do it. And and, and, uh, so you're very strong there. Then you have the activator, that's actual launching. Let's go. Push the button, countdown. We we're there when it happens, we're part of the launch, strategic is actual launching we're part of it you have self-assurance the risk taker that's launching command the commander That's strong launching and strong finishing and then what a point i want to make i'm responding to you saying you start things and you struggle to pull it through if you look at the consistent way of going with it and you look at consistency. Twenty-seven drains you. Mm-hmm. Discipline drains you. Harmony is strong in that. Drains you. Analytical is strong in the cruising. It drains you. Okay. So the mm-hmm. talents that's needed in the in the in the in the cruising. That's why you lose focus. You lose attention, and you need to manage it. Now, how how would you manage this aspect? Here's one way that you cannot manage it. You cannot go for training, read books, or be coached to let any of those become stronger. They will never become stronger. They will always be weak with you. They will always drain you. What
0: I you mean, can, again, I could get skilled at them, but they, will, but they will still drain me.
1: Well, you can get skilled, but what you need to cruise is sustainability, not skill. Yeah. You need yeah. energy. You won't get that energy. So you basically have one option. (laughs) And the option is you need to find people who are strong where you're weak. You need to have people to support you that do not see the future, don't have ideas, cannot make fast decisions, cannot activate. But the moment that you've launched and you get to altitude and you tell them, listen, I'm off to a new project while I'm doing the new thing. Make sure this one, everything is being done every day in a routinized structure or the predictable way. Run the business. They will go, thank you, Lucas. We love running the business. We hate starting it. Then you're successful.
0: So that would be somebody who is very consistent, who has high discipline, um,
1: that kind of person. That kind, among other things. It it could also be elements of things like achiever could be in there, responsibility, um, different mm-hmm. things in the mix. But your your classic, your classic um, cruising talents has all got people who's excited about routine. You don't like routine, do you? They're mm-hmm. excited about predictability. You don't like predictability. They're excited mm-hmm. about systems and models and following rules and following procedures and regulations you're not excited about any of those you see that's that's what you need in your space Uh, a a, a well a well-functioning team is made up of different individuals going at the same end result and that's what you need there
0: and just because what you point to to me feels incredibly true like I have become able to do, to sustain my projects, but it is not the best way for me to run it because it takes a lot of my energy to sustain something. What Basically what you say really reaffirms a thought I've been having of like, I need somebody to do this for me. <laughs> I just need somebody to do this for me.
1: You do, you, you, you absolutely do, you need somebody just make sure if I can give you unasked for advice. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> if you look for someone, before you look for any of, of this within them, before you look for the typical cruising talents, first make sure they click that box of relator because you need what? Trust and loyalty. <laughs> if you don't trust them, don't work with them. Don't partner with them because you as a relator will never be able to partner sustainably with anybody if there's not a deep sense of loyalty and trust both ways. Mm-hmm. And, and, and people can make the mistake to now go and remember strength finder is not a recruitment tool. So they may misuse it and go and recruit people with some of the talents that they have low, but they don't understand that the, the person needs knowledge, skill, experience, and they also need to align with who you are and and also need to understand that working with Lucas has got its own set of challenges because he's fast, he's creative, he's on the go, and they must be comfortable with that. All right, so. Mm-hmm all right
0: so so listening to this what i'm taking away from me but i think this is a principle would be to look at this is what i can bring but beyond this is what i can bring this is the kind of context that i actually have energy for i have energy for being creative for launching something for uh, getting it off the ground boom that's where i'm absolutely strongest and to find contexts in which i can bring that into those contexts and then to also just own the fact that when it comes to cruising i am horrible at it i am actually like i'm not just not that good i'm actually horrible at it (laughs) yeah so owning that and figuring out a way to get around that
1: Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. To to not try and and sustain it, not try to be who you're not, but being being aware of who you're not, okay. Mm-hmm. And and embracing that as well. You know, I think last time I said that that a mistake people do do not understand the strength based approach. They say they don't like it because we propagate that you must ignore your weaknesses. Never you should not ignore your weaknesses you should absolutely manage and understand your weaknesses because just like you should know that you're fast decision maker who hates micromanagement you need trust and loyalty that love to start and activate new things you're you're an entrepreneur risk taker you're strong in 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 presence you're strong in decision you don't mind conflict you can confront You love to upskill yourself all the time and go for goals. All of that, you should also know that you're extremely drained when things go wrong. You hate to fix problems in your space all the time. Strategic is problem-solving from a different aspect, but you hate things that doesn't work. You want excellence. You want the best. You want potential. You don't want people or things in your space that every time you need, what should I fix now? Why why aren't you up and running already, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So you should be aware of things. You should be aware that you're an excluder, not an includer. You're happy on your own. You're selective because you're a maximizer. You probably select your friends and colleagues carefully. And you look for people with potential. You have no need to be included. If you're not invited out, you don't lie and cry on your bed you don't even think about people who go out without you you don't have no need to be included and you may even not see people who you don't think need to be in the room you don't even think about them because you focus on the absolute highest potential all the time so structure we spoke about low on on routine low on structure low on the order that you need and the predictability you love openness ideation so you need creative spaces talent is a need what do you need from ideation you need to be allowed to think outside the box to color outside the lines to question things from a creative perspective and and to to start every day at zero with nothing in mind and start painting your day and deciding what are you going to achieve and finish today. that will make this day productive and worthwhile in what you need.
0: That is literally what I do every single morning. Every single morning I will sit down and I'll be like, so what do I do today? Absolutely. But then I plan it and I write a list and I'm very happy when I finish the list.
1: And that is what achiever, achievers are list makers, right? So achiever wants to achieve that goal and you tick the list or you, you know, you scratch it out as you go along. Energy and need, what energizes achiever? Goal, goal, goal. I decided this, I decided doing it, I'm doing it, I'm productive, I'm effective, I'm achieving, I'm hardworking. That's what achiever needs. But you also need to know what what kickstarts you. And something we probably won't have time to today is to look at different functions and roles of talents, because of you have ignition talents that ignites you to get going, you have relaxing mm-hmm. themes that relaxes you, you have guilt themes that you feel guilty for having. Um, the most important one I want to ask of you is if you look and let's stick for this at your top five only if you look at those five. And I ask you the following question, because you've read a lot about them and and Mm -hmm. you know them by now. If you must choose one of them, that's the key ingredient in your recipe. Which one would be the ginger in the gingerbread or the chocolate in the chocolate cake? If I tell you there's one that's stronger than any other one consistently, and it need not be number one, any one of the five, which one would you choose?
0: My sense is actually that it is the strategic fantastic because because it's the strategic that colors everything else I do okay. it's the strategic all all projects or everything I do is cut is being run through the strategic in the moment decision making
1: okay, so for you, I would then say that something you must take care of is. It's, it's then very likely that your core theme is your strategic, uh-huh. the key ingredient. Why is this important? Because we talk about talent management. If your strategic is not managed well, and if the need of strategic is not daily taken care of, the other talents will suffer as a result because all of the others, relator, activator, learner, command, achiever, you know what they do they rely on strategic for direction they rely on strategic for decision they without strategic telling them what to do when to do it what's the best next option etc they would just be in limbo and go like we can't get going here your core talent mm. is the funnel that projects all the other talents through so two things, you should manage it well, be aware of it, embrace it, but you should also feed it. You should feed every day. You should see yourself in your identity as a navigator, as a battlefield decision maker. My core talent team is my maximizer, for instance, and I embrace the identity of an impact player. I am an impact player, when I get involved, I want to impact people and processes. In your case, you must embrace it and say, I am a navigator, a strategist, a battlefield decision maker. I'm at the best when I get the mandate to come into a team or a project or an environment and people know when Lucas is in the room, we can discuss a lot of things, but. At the end, we should probably say, Lucas, what do you think should be the first thing we do? And how should we space this out? What should we do in sequence? And you will go like, you get a feel for it. You can do that. Mm -hmm. Because that's that's your fairway. That's your best game. That's your well-managed talents. And therefore, those would be your strengths that you invest in and where you strongly lean on.
0: And for me, that also plays true for being with myself, like really looking at what is the next step that actually makes the most sense for me. I've had it for the past few months that I actually invested a lot in things that didn't have an immediate outcome because I saw this is the base I need to build first so that I can then launch. But I, but because every day with the clear answer was I need to focus on this first, like it, it was the next logical step for the strategic and it's changed in the past roughly week there was a like a oh no this is the orientation again
1: yes. and it's different now absolutely absolutely no you've got it that that is it um so we've we've looked at certain aspects and, and it's actually been a bit rushed but um that this gives uh, you an I idea I, yes go ahead
0: you you use that phrase that I want to maybe know one more thing about and maybe we close the the full screen here like sure? the screen share. Okay, I will yeah. just boop, do that. There we go. It stopped. Um, you you use that phrase of feed the talent. Mm. You also use that in the book and I didn't really get what it means. Can you like? what is feeding a talent
1: In, in its most simplified way you feed a talent by providing it with its strongest need so you feed your strategic by providing it mandate for decision making by providing it environment spaces places opportunities to make various past decisions, to make directional changes, to contribute options to other people, to be the the navigator to people, the, 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 the kind of person that people go to for advice on decisions, etc. If you give a talent what I call the spaces and places and opportunities to thrive in their need, you are feeding it. Okay.
0: You, so ba- so it goes back to that aspect of don't ask what the talent can do for you, but ask it what ask what it needs and give that to it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Relators, how do you feed relator? Give it space with few people, with trusted people. Okay. Give it the time and space to to be in environments that, that you relate to. That's what relator is about. Um, predictability relatedness trust activator. you feed it how get opportunities to feel strong and passionate and purposeful about things you can launch and get going to activate others to inspire people to motivate them to be a startup guy, etc and so i can go through all of them mm-hmm. I need, uh, uh, intellection you need time if you feed intellection you give it the time it needs to think to be alone, to be quiet, etc. Yeah. It- what what
0: I, what I love about this is that it seems like when you get to the actual core of the strength work, it's, it's almost counterintuitive because this, at, at its core, it seems like the strength work looks less at the potential that the strength has for your life and more at the needs each talent has so that it can play a positive role in your life which is which is kind of interesting because it it seems like on the surface it's like oh these are all my talents but then actually what it's like yeah these are all your talents now take care of them
1: (laughs) exactly exactly therefore i think last time i also said that strength finder is misleading it's actually potential finder here's your potential now go discover and take care of your potential you know so there's a lot of work to be done in that
0: yeah so seeing that our time comes to an end uh, thank you so much trees this felt like another incredibly interesting and powerful insight into the world and at least for me i understand a lot more about what this what it means to manage a strength. And also I can so clearly see this aspect of, you need somebody who can n- help you navigate that, who can actually see what's going on and who has the knowledge and skill to guide you in managing your own talents. So, yeah, I just wanna say thank you very much. And-
1: You're welcome. You're welcome, it was fun. and. Uh- yeah it feels like we can continue for another two hours but anyway
0: I, ha- I i i would have a whole new topic to open but let's do not do that today not today okay so thank i'll you. finish this up thank you very much you never know what's around the next